It is Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Pull List. My name is Lex, and I'm here with my co-host, Simon. Simon, what's up, man? You're all the creaking in my chair <laughs> once I leaned <laughs> forward to the mic. Hey, man. Yeah. This is, I live in a haunted house with a bunch of doors <laughs> opening at the same time. <laughs> There's another one. I'm going to have fun editing all that up. No, leave it in there. Here at the Wednesday Pull List, we review comic book trades. Some people call them trade reviews. Uh, we basically read the books so you don't have to. It's We're really cutting off comic books, man. You don't got to even read them anymore. You can just listen to our show and we'll talk about them. Yeah, you didn't have to read uh, regular books and yeah. in lieu even, of comic books. And now... Yeah, we're making the even dumber, even dumber consumers. You're welcome. <laughs> before we... Usually before we get into our review... We uh, we do some training topics and it's funny because you like last week I even mentioned every time we get to DC, I only have one or two things. Well, this time I think it's going to be all DC. I don't really have anything to talk about with Marvel. Uh, there's a lot of things that happened over on over in the Warner Bros studio, Warner Bros Discovery Studios last past week. And I've been looking forward to talk to you about it, man. It's the WBDDC. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they're going to merge, and it's going to be HBO Max Discovery Plus Oof. Max. I kind of... Companies need this... Didn't we have monopoly rules in the U.S. at some point? Weren't there laws against that? Yeah, Disney recently... Uh, Disney recently got in trouble before they purchased Fox. But I guess they have so much money that it's just like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they were like, oh, are we in trouble? Yeah, they're like, hey, man, <laughs> hey, guys, hey, guys, you, you can't buy Fox, too. You can't. It's it's too much. And he was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I guess you're right. And that was it. <laughs> and they bought. They kind of feel like we can. <laughs> yeah. I just, I wish somebody would make an animated series about these just like corporate tycoons. But it's like Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck and Goofy. And they're just like. Like that show, is it Billions? What is that show called? Is that a show? Whatever that show is. Whatever that show. Hold on, now I have to look it up. Let's scrub that out so I don't sound like an idiot. Uh, What are you doing? Having a cat strip show in there? (laughs) Yeah, man. Go away. Um, There's a Showtime show called... Is that the one with the rock? No, that's on HBO. No, God, fucking can't. You guys, you guys are just like Doctor Doolittle's over there. Nicole had a <laughs> Nicole had an anxiety attack because she was like, "I don't like being outnumbered by animals." And I said, <laughs> "Nicole, they're fi- what are you afraid they're going to eat you in the night or something?" Yes. Okay, I don't know what this fucking show is called. Whatever. That was a good segue. <laughs> this is a great segue. Jeez, no, I'm going to edit all this out. <laughs> yeah, I wish there was a corporate show where they were like hardcore businessmen, Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Donald, and they were just like ruthless cutthroat. Just but in their same in their same voice lines of coke. Yeah, all their meetings so were like coke. strip clubs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'd like to see that. We're not even supposed to be talking about Disney right now. Over at uh, WBD Plus Max last week, they canceled Batgirl. Now, that's no big deal. Movies get canceled all the time. Usually before they start filming, they they had an interesting take this time because the movie was like completely done. And then they were like, nah, we're not going to put that out. And so, I don't know, man. Sorry, that's scary. Not, <laughs> that's scary. That's scary. What the dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I was like in deep thought. Stay off. She's stupid. Scared the crap out of me. Uh, what was I saying? That's what she does, though. So we'll be sitting there. She'll be dead asleep. She likes to lay on the the back of the couch. Yeah. So we're sitting there watching TV. Everybody's relaxed, and then it's just like. Woo! <laughs> like scares the shit out of everybody. If we all get so mad, you just want to squeeze her little head. Yeah, I would have done you that. Resist. Put her in the microwave. Resist. <laughs> so this movie costs ninety million dollars, and they are going to use it as a tax write-off now. The if I feel like the higher ups, the Discovery guys came to the studio. They haven't been to WB, you know, the headquarters in a while, so they just popped up for a visit. And they were like, mm, what are you guys working on over here? And they're like, oh, we're finishing up Batgirl. And we're like, oh, let's have a look. And he was like, oof. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to put that. <laughs> we're not going to put that out. I feel like they probably just saw screenshots like the rest of us. It's like, hmm. Yeah. They did have some test screenings. And people did say it was really bad. So it does suck. I was looking forward to it. It was going to be an HBO Max show. Or movie, and then you know they had a bunch of stuff planned. They had hopefully Blue Beetle still coming out. They haven't said they were canceling it yet. They were going to do a Supergirl movie. They said that's probably not going to happen mm-hmm. because I think what they were leading up to was like a Batgirl Super Supergirl World's Finest movie. But uh, yeah, they're not going to do that. And then they said, we're, you know what, we're going to make a lot of changes. We haven't been keeping a very close eye on what they got going on here at WB, but uh, we, we need to talk about it. And then so the next day they had a big announcement on on things that they were going to do. What I don't. So I, it does suck that all those people worked hard and they never get to see their, you know, their work come to fruition, which it sounds like maybe is a good thing. And it's also like they, it's not like they didn't get paid. It would be different. As long Sorry, guys. We also can't pay you. We Anything that you, we did pay you, we need you to actually pay us back. Yeah, right. As long as there weren't, um, you know, there, like George Lucas, he did franchise right or not, maybe not franchise right. What was it? Merchandising rights and stuff like that. So as long as somebody didn't take payment as merchandising rights, then yeah, everybody got paid. That's some yeah. of the CGI people. They always go in the negative and like have to liquidate and start a new firm. <laughs> yeah, those, those guys always get the shaft, man. Yeah, that sucks. Um, so the next day, the next day they had a meeting and they said, "Listen, we're going to change some things up. We're going to have this." Which I feel like they've said this multiple times throughout the years. They're like, "We're going to implement a tw- a ten year plan. We're going to focus on big." character-driven theatrical movies, sort of like uh, the Kevin Feige model. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, because cop trying to copy them last time worked out so well. 
we're gonna well, try to we're gonna try to do it this time. When you said that, that's or when when I read that or whatever, I was like, wait, no, they fucking said that shit before. This is, they said this it before. Is, this is the exact same thing they said before. And what's interesting is that they they're not rebooting it. It's just like last time. It's just a soft reboot. Just you know, Justice League bombed, and they were like, well. We're going to do a soft reboot. Shazam's still around. Aquaman still exists. Cyborg is dead to us. Yeah. Uh, Superman never existed in the world. General Zod <laughs> went back in time and murdered him as a baby or some, whatever <laughs> weird story that they're going to put in the flash. And so that just didn't make any sense. So it doesn't make any sense to, to again, be like, yeah, we're going to do a soft reboot. Shazam's still coming out. The Flash of all movies is still coming out. Right. If you were going to well, do a write-off for a movie, wouldn't you do it with the main stars on the run from the police? Yeah, right. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm you know, it says here lean in and I was about to say that they it seems like they should probably just lean into the Snyderverse and start that back up. Yeah. Uh I don't know about the Batman that can exist as its own thing or it could, they could never make a sequel. I don't know if they need to. I don't think they should ever make a sequel. Again, I don't think they should ever make a sequel of Joker either. Like, let those just be movies that they made because that's just trying to build a separate universe. That just seems silly. Right. But I I think, you know, the Snyder Cut was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. Like, I don't know if I'll watch it again because it was four <laughs> it was hours long. It was long, yeah. But in sections, you know, it's fine. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a way better... I thought it was a way better cut. Shouldn't take four hours to do that. Then, yeah, but it was the a- Joss Whedon cut. Yeah, it was a way more cohesive movie. It, I still think like the Snyder grittiness isn't what I really want in the DC universe because it's supposed to be like corny and shiny, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, just finish that off. Like, you already have that established universe. You have that crazy fan base, like Psychopath. Cult fan base. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just finish that off. Because you still have the characters that exist in that universe having movies. Right. Like you're still yeah. building out an Aquaman franchise. You still have Wonder Woman 3. You still have Shazam. Like, these characters all exist in that universe. So, I don't understand why you... I don't understand what they... What the real plan is. And I know by the sound of what they're doing, they don't really have a plan. I, I don't either. And they need to stop hiring like criminals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like right wing, like maniacs. There's no, I don't care what political side you land on, but if you only hire a bunch of old white guys, history shows that it's probably not going to end up well. No, <laughs> Just, definitely not. It's probably not going to end up well. It's going to be all only white superheroes, and uh, that's going to be it. No ladies, no brown people. No, no children. <laughs> I don't know, man. And then we saw this. So people were before the meeting that they and they announced this new Kevin Feige model. They people were worried that HBO Max was going to disappear and just come just get folded into Discovery Plus and become mm-hmm. like a tab on there. They they didn't specifically say that they were going to do that, but they didn't say that they weren't going to do that. So. It looks like HBO Max is, as of right now, still going to be a thing. 
and Discovery Plus is still going to be a thing. I don't even know why they separated it like this. Very strange. They broke it up in their PowerPoint presentation, and it was just a very strange description. So apparently HBO Max is going to have a male skew, whatever that means. And then Discovery Plus is going to have a female skew, unscripted. You're going to lean back. It's for comfort viewing, and it's going to be the home of genre domes. Genre domes. And Fat Joe. <laughs> Yeah, laid back. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play that (laughs) in this episode. This seems like it was this PowerPoint was made in like 1995. This is written by like an old white guy. You know what weirds me out is it? It's so modern. It's like revealing how creepy these companies are and how much they track stuff. Yeah, that's what weirds me out. It is weird. I don't know. I don't know what their real plan is. I don't think I don't think they know. We said that already. I I just I would hate for these big shows like their that HBO Max in my opinion is one of my favorite streaming services, if not my favorite one because it has all of those old DC, sh- you know, animated series. Mm-hmm. I can watch all of those. It has solid HBO shows. It has movies. That aren't like Netflix original. Cartoon Network too. I really I Cartoon Network. Yeah. It's it's all on there. And HBO Max, I had no problem with pay with buying it during that whole beginning of the stream or streaming wars because it was solid. It was a solid platform. I don't know. I guess they realized like, oh, we could probably make more money if we put property bros on HBO Max. <laughs> what I, I I don't the, know. This is strange. To yeah, me. the franchise list that they have here, <clears throat> the ninety day fiance universe, <laughs> is one of the most disturbing <laughs> yeah, things I've ever said, seen. Yeah, it's completely unhinged. It's like not even d- the franchises. Okay, so they have the brands like HBO, Discovery, CNN, HD, HDTV, Cartoon Network, Looney Tunes, NDC. But then the franchises are like Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. Shark Week, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, 90 Day Fiance Universe, and then Harry Potter World. Yeah. The well, I don't I don't get it, man. It's funny how do people watch Shark I guess somebody's watching Shark Week, but I always thought it was I feel like the people made such a big deal about it like back in the day yeah. that the heads of these companies are so out of touch, they're like, Yeah, people still Yeah, people love Shark people Week. People still love Shark Week. Remember in 2010, yeah. people were going crazy for this. Yeah, dude. I'd, yeah, totally. <clears throat> this this company just seems out of touch, man. And it seems like Discovery is going to milk the HBO side of it dry, make as much money as they can, and then sell it to someone else. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they see it as the cash cow. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, they said, "Listen, man, we've been trying to we've been trying to teach you motherfuckers for years. Y'all didn't pay attention to discover the Discovery Channel when we were trying to teach y'all about the world. Now we're gonna buy HBO, man. It's payback. <laughs> y'all gonna pay attention to us now." <laughs> what What kills me about all these are the like these companies like Discovery, like TLC. TLC is worse. But yeah. I remember History Channel. I remember watching. Those when I was a kid. That's why I know so much random shit, right? I watched a lot of documentaries. Yeah. And now they're like 600 pound 
small penis man or whatever. <laughs> like it's all like he's a six title of my autobiography, yeah, six hundred pound wiener lover. Uh, and I mean like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the ninety day fiance universe. I didn't see that before. You're right. That is completely unhinged. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, the Crap Brothers who now run Discovery Plus. That's a that's a <laughs> yeah, the Wild Crap. Yeah. Kings the Wild Kings Zabumafu, who is the president of the company. <laughs> those, those Wild Crap Brothers, man, they transformed into too many animals and fried their brains. Uh, and now they're just like in the at the top of Warner Brothers Discovery, just like transforming into multiple animals constantly, and like, yeah, we'll just drive this thing into the ground. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh man. I just, I don't know. I have no idea. It doesn't seem, and some people are saying, oh man, D- Disney just buy DC, which that's not a, I don't, that's I don't, not a realistic or reasonable. No. That's it's dumb. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Why would you want that to happen? You've completely eliminated <laughs> yeah. any contest in them. Like I didn't even really like when they bought Fox, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. I would have, I would have rather them, and I don't really care, but. Like, I would have rather them just structure a deal to get those Marvel characters back rather than, like, buying the whole damn thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, everybody's excited about it, whatever, so they can watch their superhero movies that they're already getting tired of. But yeah, um, in, the, in the end, we've lost, like, a huge chunk of competition in the marketplace. And when you do that, like, no one... That's why. That's probably why superhero movies stopped being fun, because <laughs> they did that. Yeah. And then they didn't have to work as hard. Yeah. You know who needs to just come in and save the day, man? Tell me. Walmart. Yeah. You think Sam Walton's ghost? Walmart. <laughs> Walmart needs to buy HBO Max. Let's do it. They, they know... They know business. Man. I think. Have you ever been to a Walmart? No. What is it? <laughs> it's one of the greatest stores in this country. Man. Where I had a discussion with somebody today and they were like, I'm going to go Walmart. I'm going to get me some wine. I'm going to get me a bath bomb. I'm going to get me a facial scrub. I'm like, only place you could get all that stuff is Walmart. Oh, yeah. Walmart is the perfect store. It's like terrible, like a perfect representation of like America. But it honestly is like super convenient. I'm not going to say it's not. It's all those things. It's just like Amazon, man. You're like, I would love to stop ordering shit from Amazon. I would love it. But it is so yeah, convenient. Yeah, yeah. I had to catch myself earlier today. Uh, my uh, my nephews were like, hey, we're going to buy this like camera for our room or whatever. And, and they were like, yeah, my, our dad's going to go to the store and get it today. And I was like, you can just buy it on Amazon and they can ship it in two days. And they're like, he's going to go get it right now. <laughs> and I was like, that's how out of touch of reality I am. Like, why would you go to the store when you could just yeah. buy it all? It'll be mailed to you. You don't have to yeah. go anywhere. Two days. That, did you hear me say two days? <laughs> they're like, what I'm about a, right now? An hour. <laughs> yeah. uh, too funny. Yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I am. I'm part of the problem. Yeah. I don't know, man. Canceling. How do you feel about them canceling Batgirl? Were you excited about that movie? I wasn't excited about it because I, as we discussed, I didn't know where it took place. So it seemed like it it was going to follow suit with uh, the Batman's version of Jim Gordon. I thought, yeah. are that, what about that show? 
You know if that show's still going? Yeah, Gotham, Gotham Underground or Gotham. I mean, whatever it was called. Gotham, please. Gotham. Gotham SVU. Gotham. Gotham, please. Um, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with a lot of their shows. But what's his name, Jeffrey Wright? Does it have black? Does it have black uh, Jim Gordon in it? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. It's canceled. <laughs> like, if it does, it's canceled. One of the, one of, a great representation of Jim Gordon, right next to uh, yeah, it's canceled. Uh, Nolan trilogy, Jim Gordon. But he's not an old white man. He's canceled. I, I, I'm with you. And so you know, last week in last week's episode, we talked about Ben Affleck coming back. Mm. He's going to be an Aquaman too. And apparently, the reason why they're bringing Ben Affleck back is because during the test screening of Batgirl, the audience was general audience was confused at like why the fuck, which it makes sense. Why the fuck is old man Michael Keaton in this movie right. <laughs> or in this whatever? Right. Why? Which does that mean? Do, are they going to reshoot the Flash movie or is that just the multiverse thing? The first thing they would need to do is explain a multiverse, right? So that's Disney yeah. did that. Even if they were joking, then they yeah. introduced it, and it was like, oh, okay, this is the thing now. They haven't, DC's yeah. just like, oh, here's this movie, and here's this Batman, and here's this. And that's fine. It would be great if they did, like, an Elseworlds, like they do with their animated series. Like, they just release it, and it's just whatever. Yeah. But, I don't know. At the beginning of the movie, they need to be like, hey, have you guys been watching all the Marvel movies? We're doing the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, we're doing that, too. <laughs> just you, you, the way they explain it it works the same in our universe yeah, exactly so go watch their movies yeah go watch their movies and then come back and watch this one it'll make it'll make total sense right. i don't know man i really hope i really hope kevin feige never has like some just gross disgusting skeleton in his closet he man. definitely does he definitely people does. love that guy and they're just like he's the greatest person he's so nice and i just it's gonna be crazy and he has like some KKK uniform gimp suit in his bedroom. Yeah, or it's something. a KKK gimp suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like white leather <laughs> with the with the <laughs> a little point on top. Uh, he's got. Something. I just hope that that guy. Perfect. I just hope that he. I hope he dies before it just like gets leaked. Yeah. Um, that he's actually an alien and controlling this, this man's body like men in That's black. That's way more acceptable than some of the shit we were just saying. That'd be cool. I'd be like, yeah, dude, that's cool, man. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be really cool, actually. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Uh, and it'd be like, oh, it makes sense that you're way more kind than anyone else in the world. Oh, yeah. You're not from here. Right. Oh, man, that is great. Uh, it just sucks that Marvel is... The Marvel movies have been good. They've been good to decent to good, right? And it sucks that the competition, as you mentioned earlier, isn't hasn't been a thing. So they get away with like, ah, it was okay. Yeah, diminishing returns. But they're, yeah, they're okay is amazing because they have no competition. Mm -hmm. And then because it's so popular, companies like the old guys that run discovery are like mm, yeah what's what's that kevin guy doing over there we're okay well we're implementing a 10-year plan it's like dude you've been doing that for the past 10 years yeah yeah the, it hadn't worked. the way they went about it from the beginning was silly oh everybody wants to see the 
sinking ship, I guess. I think that's why we kept seeing DC movies. It's like, we're halfway hopeful, but we also want to see it burn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's, I can't say that I liked Man of Steel. I know a lot of people did, but as you know, I never actually watched it. Really? So a lot of people did like it. I do need, well, I fell asleep in the theaters when I, when I went to see it. What a so I never, so I never actually saw, and then I never went back to watch it because I thought I would fall asleep again. And I have to stay awake as long as much as possible these days. So <laughs> I didn't watch it. And I just, I don't know, man. You know, they're, they're going to just shove a bunch of Batman movies down our throat. That's what's going to happen. Maybe. That's the Probably. that's the thing you're well, playing. One Batman movie for the next <laughs> They got rid of one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. Joker. I really think, I don't know if they get Henry Cavill to do it again. But, you know, yeah. I I would like to just see him go ahead. Keep, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he wants to do it. He's been real quiet about it because he, you know, he's smart. He's just like, well, maybe I won't fuck it up by saying something stupid. So there's just mold. There's just at Warner Bros. and DC. There's always just been too much going on, right? So we have The Rock over there in his Rock universe, changing the hierarchy of power. <laughs> he's building this entire thing out. That's like, this is this is it. This is going to be the new direction of the DC universe. And everyone's like, what are you talking about, man? We haven't. You've been working on this movie for twenty years. This movie hasn't. Even, your movie hasn't even come out yet. It looks funny though. I mean, not funny, but yeah. it looks like I'm excited about it. And I think it'll be cool on like the other end of things. Like, I'm not sure when it yeah. takes place, but yeah. But also, like, that's what I would do. Honestly, I would say let's just forget the Justice League for a little bit. Let's make the JSA like the highlight team. Mm-hmm. For a couple of years, and then introduce the Justice League, like a new Justice League, like palette cleanser. Yeah, like the Wonder Twins and <laughs> yeah, right. the Brown Bomber. That's a cool. That's a, that's a cool superhero. Oh man! And then I don't know if you, you, I don't know if you saw Super Pets, but I, I feel comfortable saying this because The Rock himself spoiled it. The Rock is at the end of Super Pets. The Rock. Uh, they admit the, the Rock himself is at the end of Superman's at the end credit scene. And normally that would be like a crazy spoiler, but two days after the movie came out, he posted screenshots of him at the end of the movie and talked about him at the end of the movie. And um, so he's just doing his own thing. And The Rock is so powerful that they're just like, whatever, man. He's the real leader of Discovery+. Plus. Yeah, he's the guy, yeah. They all it's like the Wizard of Oz, he's behind the <laughs> curtain. Don't look but you could see him like you could see you can see his shoulders yeah. over the curtain, he's so big. I I started a really bad oh, impression and then I faded off very quickly. I know. Um <laughs> You got that going on. You have the the gritty the Batman Joker two, which we saw the teaser snippet for that. It was announced official it's official that lady gaga's going to be in it not saying she's harley quinn or anything but it's official she's going to be in it so Yay. that's coming out she's going to play the piano a bit you know um what about suicide squad do you, do, is that ever going to be you a got sequel? that universe see i think that got, that fits in with the Shazam universe to me yeah. i think they can all make yeah, sense that's a perfect you know? 
That's a perfect blend of the Snyder universe and the Shazam universe. Lightening up sort of that dark and gritty Snyder stuff. Yeah. Because you got you're extending that universe a little bit with Peacemaker. They did say Peacemaker was still gonna happen. Yeah. I don't know, man. We haven't figured it out, guys. Mm. Simon and I, once we become the heads of uh the Wednesday pull us is gonna buy HBO Max next. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be so cheap. Y'all don't realize that we're independently wealthy. We don't actually work. We just pretend to be <laughs> yeah, normal yeah. everyday dudes. Yeah. Uh yeah. just this is actually a, a random person's house that I just yeah. I just come in and sit and I rent it out, rent out one of the rooms, <laughs> tell them to get lost. Oh man, can you imagine? Get lost. Here's a stack of cash. Get lost. Yeah. I need to use your computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, leave yours. I didn't bring mine. Oh man. That's all we got for I don't know. We don't know. This is it's so it's so bizarre. Like the whole week of like announcements and cancellations and finding out that like the main dude is a hardcore Right wing bozo. I'd say I don't know about that. Yet this is explained. Yeah, um, that's it, man. I'm not going to go into too much detail. I don't want to get sniped. Oh. <laughs> but the main guy <laughs> from what HBO or Discovery? Discovery. <laughs> 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 just fun. Discovery Plus just bought the Wednesday pull list. I mean, I would, I'd sell out for that. <laughs> it's like for one dollar. <laughs> We could have the Wednesday pull list universe on Discovery, yeah. on the Discovery Channel. Uh, oh, it's just me and Simon doing random things. Yeah. Well, she's got to make a sandwich. Yeah, we're going to spray him with a hose and hit it with flour. <laughs> That's all we got for Trending Topics, guys. Uh, we're going to take a second, and uh, we'll be right back. Okay, everybody, it's Michael E. Cullen II. And I'm Sesame Encarta from the All Too Real 2 podcast. We're passionate about movies, TV, and pretty much all things pop culture. Dive into the chaos of failed sitcoms, direct-to-video sequels, and the quirky realms of cinema and TV. Join us every Thursday for your dose of All Too Real 2 entertainment. We'll guide you through debates like whether Howard the Duck qualifies as a superhero. Ponder if Larry the Cable Guy could be the new rock or Schwarzenegger. Discover if some shows and movies should have stayed in the cutting room. Ever heard of a sitcom featuring that dictator with the funny mustache? Well, we watched it. We're dedicated to unraveling the peculiarities of pop culture, sometimes with awesome guests. So, if you're into the eccentric world of pop culture, listen and subscribe to All Too Real 2. Available wherever you find podcasts and on Age of Radio. Welcome back, guys, and thank you for giving us that second to catch our breath. You know, sometimes we got to go to the potty. Sometimes we have to get up and stretch and yeah. just whatever. We got to do other things, yeah, guys. Geez. We got other things Thanks to do for being than so sit here and talk to you guys all night. Considerately inconsiderate. Get, get off our backs. <laughs> As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this podcast, we review a trade. Some people call it a trade review. And this week, we are, review- we are reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Bebop, and Rocksteady Destroy Everything. Crazy title. I remember seeing this book a few years ago, I want to say. I don't know exactly when it came out. 2016. So yeah, I remember seeing this book a few years ago. And just by the covers alone, they're all so wild. I, I wanted to read it, but I just never got around to it. Uh, Simon and I are both huge Ninja Turtle fans, so I figured, why not? It was a slow week. There weren't there weren't many new trades that came out. So 
let's just dig, dig into that well of books that I never got around to reading. Hmm. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for helping me read some. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Bebop, and Rocksteady destroy everything. Issue number one. And for the sake of the rest of this review, we're not going to say that entire title every time. TMNT, B-R-D-E-I, two. (laughs) Written by Ben Bates and Dustin Weaver. Art by Ben Bates, Sophie Campbell, Dustin Weaver, Johannes Milo Johannes. Wow, look at that. I can't. I can't. I can't be a real name. Cover by Nick Patara. After the defeat in TMNT 50. See, I had no idea that this was continued from the regular IDW book. Mm-hmm. The dull-witted Bebop and Rocksteady, everyone's favorite Warthog and Rhino mutants, are feeling dejected and without purpose. However, when they stumble across a time travel scepter, they realize that their craziest, most destructive adventure awaits. Will the universe survive? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I've always loved Bebop and Rocksteady from like the old 87 cartoon. Yeah. I'm like how dumb they are. Yeah, boss. Yeah. So good, dude. I've, all, I've always loved them and I love them in the IDW book. I, it's funny. I just didn't realize that it was continuing. One thing I will say just straight off the bat, this is one of the most confusing and just like crazy books I've ever read. Mm-hmm. On just like randomness nonstop, which I I love a little bit of randomness, but man, it was a lot. Yeah, the the um, first couple pages were definitely confusing. I'm guessing that is like number fifty. No, not well. I'm saying like even the first mention of this new bad guy. Surely that's from something else. I don't know. Them uh, going to meet Regatone, that happens after 50. The Savanti, the Savanti story is, is like a weird Renette. Like if you watch the 2013, uh, I think it was 2013 animated uh-huh. series, Renette and Savanti, their characters in that. And they are old school characters from like the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles adventure comic books that were based off like of the, the show. Sure. Well. So, yeah, no, so they had the Mirage regular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle books, and then they had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, which was based off of the cartoon. And they expanded the universe. That's why when you see sort of like the NECA figures that have like just random, you know, Wingnut, Ace Duck, they have Fugitoid, even though I don't even know if Fugitoid's in the old 87 cartoon, but he is in that comic book. And it sort of expands that universe a little bit. I see. So, lots of lots of random history. What do you think about? I mean, what are your favorite things from issue number one? Well, it's just like you said, it's purely random. Um, but one of the cool things about this comic book is you're you'll be reading along, and you're like, "Oh, this is a new art style. Oh, this is a new art style." <laughs> like there are three or four illustrators on the book. Um, and they're all great. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting to see as you get further into the book and they talk about different universes, they talk about different timelines, all that stuff, that all these different artists kind of represent these different flows of time and the different, you know, um, continuations of the same story. 
Yeah, usually when I'm when I'm reading a comic book, inconsistencies with art style is just like something that I can't get over. And it was hitting me at first in this first issue, but then as I read through the book, I'm like, oh, this is intentional. Mm-hmm. Like all of this is intentional. I have a few things that I really like. I like her Renette's time scepter is like the time scepter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. I love the design of the turtles pretty much throughout the entire series, but really in this, in this first issue, I, I like it when they're not just like belts mask. I like it when they have a little bit of extra accents. Yeah, when they to have them. shame and they dress up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When they cover their yeah, privates. I, I always think it's funny when that Donatello always has like night vision goggles now, like that's his MO. Yeah. Yeah, people said that looks cool, and then now everybody runs yeah. with it. And I, I just like a small turtle, man. I, Bebop and Rock City are huge, but these guys are, the turtles are crazy small compared to them. And I, I just, I like a small turtle rather than the 13-foot tall Michael Bay <laughs> yeah. turtles. Yeah, a good 5-foot turtle. That's what you need. Yeah. Yeah, they're teens, man. Everybody was 5-foot when they were teens. This book is just so random. I don't know if I like it with issue number one yet. Because I just I had no idea what was going on. I was just like, it's all happening very mm-hmm. fast. You kind of have to know about Ninja Turtles lore, which, yeah, it makes sense. You wouldn't pick up Bebop and Rocksteady, destroy everything without knowing a little bit about the Ninja Turtle universe. I, I really like how Bebop looks. Rocksteady, yeah, okay, he's a fat rhino, but they made, they they made like Bebop that, yeah. look cool as shit in this book. Yeah, he does. It does I don't know. Cool. Uh, I was pretty into that. But I do like that it's almost like um, like someone else is telling a story. Like everything's embellished. Everything's really wacky. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, they just like screw stuff up. They blow stuff up on accident. Like they, they're just like terrible. Like they're, they're like the cartoon versions of themselves. Um, even being these strong mutants, yeah. they're just really stupid. Yeah, who knew they could take all this damage? I mean, they're getting blown up. They're getting hit with missiles. They have ninja stars in their bodies. They're just like impervious almost. But they're dumb. Yeah, That's the thing. They're dumb. Yeah, and I agree with the the narration is really good. Because it's not clear who the narrator is. You know, at one point, Donnie breaks the fourth wall. He actually does it a Mm -hmm. few times. And uh, he says, well... And I like it because it is still a standalone story. He even says, like, I'm going to try to explain the stuff that you guys don't understand. And it still doesn't make sense. I'm glad that he got Donnie to do it because Donnie explaining something is still he's a genius and he's breaking down these high concept things. And it still doesn't make any yeah. sense. Uh, and I, I just appreciate yeah, that. And, and <clears throat> so this book's this book is about time travel, right? And uh, I think that <laughs> it's interesting that they everybody over explains time travel, but I love the way they did it here because it wasn't like, Oh, it's just time travel. Like you can go the simple route cause it's fantasy, but this is like, yes, you time yeah. travel. But also if you do anything in the past, you've actually created another universe. It's like that, uh, back to the future too. How could old Biff come back because he changed something in the past? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I like that a lot too, how they over explain time travel in this and it, j- it, totally doesn't yeah, make sense. It's cool how they visualize it as well uh, in future movies. Yeah, yeah with yeah, the time, time tubes. tubes. Yeah, Renette looks ridiculous as usual. It's total wacky, wacky character. And I just, 
it really makes me all of this wacky stuff really makes me appreciate the Ninja Turtles even more because at the base level, the old Mirage books and the old the old comic books is like this gritty turtles fighting ninjas for the sake of New York. And then it just expands into this whole crazy universe with like Dimension X, aliens, time travel. It's just it's the craziest thing. It became so popular and it's these four mutant turtles. Just weird. Right. Yeah. Eastman and Laird knew they were like, I guess we'll just keep doing weird shit because they killed off Shredder and Yeah, whatever sounds cool. Let's just let's just do Yeah, let's just do it. Whatever sounds cool, let's just let's just run with it. Yeah. Well, who who cares at this point? And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yep. All right, so I'm taking away issue numero dos. Evolve and Rocksteady destroy everything issue two. I'll say it. Okay. No, actually, I'll say it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady. I cut it off. I cut it off. <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady travel to the past and meet their former selves. What could go wrong? Plus, dinosaurs. I, I want to talk about the covers. I love all of the covers. And Simon is... Uh, about half and half he's kind of iffy on some of them do you what don't you like about the covers? well i do like this illustration style i've always been a fan uh uh-huh. over exaggerated sometimes it's a little gross you know it kind of yeah a little frank a little frank quietly kind of got a little frank quietly vibes a huge i'm a huge fan of him yeah definitely um and so most of them i do like there was one i think it's like issue three or four i wasn't a fan of but the the rest of them are cool yeah, I love the turtle designs. I think that's why um, I like them so much. I mean, the rest of them are just over-exaggerating gross. They look cool, but I really dig the turtle designs. Do you remember, it reminds me of this show. There was a show called Mega Babies. <laughs> it came on. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember like that show. Gross. It was like gross. Uh, was it one of those MTV no, it shows? it was on like ABC Family or whatever it was before that. Really? Um Cause you know MTV had those that like superhero block where they had these like weirdly gross shows. They had that show with the dude with the big head where the aliens would come out of his head. I don't you remember that. Remember one, that no. show? Oh man! And then they had yeah. Aeon Flux came on Max. after that. Like Liquid Television, yeah, Max too. It's called. Um, yeah, they need to bring that back. Yeah, but yeah, so it, but Mega Babies was like what or UPN or something. It was on that network before it was ABC family. Maybe it was just family channel, but it was just gross, like overly detailed. They would pick their gross boogers and shit all over themselves. I mean, it's like gross. Um, yeah, they had like the Sonic eye. It was like, it didn't separate, you know, how Sonic has was like one yeah. big eye and then it's separated by pupils. I remember yeah, that about that. They had, they were like extra vascular. I don't know. Look, but yeah. that's kind of what that art style reminds me of in some of this. Like I said, it's not so bad at this one. I think when we see like <clears throat> not wing nut, but a bat, it's kind of like that. And that I didn't like it. Um, so that's how I feel about the covers. You got it. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> I, so, um, I really love the idea that they go back in time and that they, see their past selves pre-mutation but it's it's funny they're mm-hmm. not like the cartoon versions where they're kind of fat and whatever like rock city i remember was like yeah. that they, they're he's like ex-army and the other and and bebop looks pretty cool too he's wearing 3d glasses like you do 
Yeah, that's a cool, cool bully guy thing to do is wear those three yeah. glasses. But as we were talking earlier, now we really start to see these differences in art style and universe and time period. So it's cool. Every yeah. every version or every artist has a different version of Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, you know, it he especially Bebop in one part he kind of looks like he's got a fro, like black exploitation, like Afro samurai. Yeah. Uh and then this yeah. one this next one where they're in the prehistoric times, he's got like dreads, he looks like the predator. And then, you know, another one they're they're more the cartoon versions um and that to me that's just super cool yeah i, I like really really enjoyed that it again it took me a second to like realize that it was intentional at first i was like oh i don't like this man i don't like how it's all mm-hmm. different then i realized it's intentional this the story timeline is still super jarring because they're talking to their younger selves then they're in prehistoric times with savanti again and it's it's all random and wacky you know you have that old time travel story tale where you don't interact with your old self. And I love that. Not only do they interact with their own selves, they're like, let's go in time. Let's go mess around. Let's go mutate you guys. <laughs> let's get this party started. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny because they, they want to get them mutated early, but mm-hmm. even earlier in this, they're like, Oh, we're just stupid mutants. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they don't, they're not, I don't know. They're not thinking but I, you know, towards the end of the book, it's really funny because then they're like quadrupled, right? <laughs> yeah. They, we see the humans and then we see the mutated ones, but then they like crash into another version of <laughs> mutated and non-mutated ones. Two of the non-mutant ones die. They're just yeah. like them there. That to me, I was like, damn, man, that's cold blooded. They just left them there. Yeah, it's crazy. And like you had talked about it in the first issue, how they explain there's like these time tubes and that's how time travel works. And then like the whenever you time travel, you're creating sort of another tube and it just becomes this like garbled up mess. And I love how Savanti is just in the middle of it. He's sort of this background character this entire book, even though he's the catalyst of all of it. Right. Yeah. He he's really just is. like in the, he's just in the background the entire time. You barely even notice him. Right, yeah, he really he shows up like once or twice. The whole thing is crazy. Um, yeah, the car accident yeah. was nuts. Huge explosion. That was that was wild, man. Yeah, they're all just freaked out. But and I and I kind of want to see that explanation, like how that works, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't understand how there's quadrupled. Like I don't get it. That part. Yeah, I don't. And then it just it in the next issue, it just doubles down on this. Before we go to the next issue, I want to know. Issue two, did it make you more interested? Did you lose a little bit of interest, or are you about the same? Uh, issue one. Yeah, I mean, issue one it was a good intro, in my opinion, and I liked it, but I'm really interested because it's so weird. You know, like, I don't know. They're just so stupid yeah. that I love it. I love how just dumb they are. It's great. And I love, I love the turtles being the background characters as well. Don't often get to see that. Mm-hmm. In fact, there is a time at the, in the first issue where Donnie's like, this is one of the most crazy adventures me and my brothers have been on, but this isn't our story. <laughs> like we're not, right. we're not even telling it from like our point of view. 
So it's funny that they're also just sort of these background characters that are chasing behind Bebop and Rocksteady this entire time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good times, man. And Excellent. we're on we're on to issue number three. Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything. Issue three. Chaos spreads, and the next stop in Bebop and Rocksteady's itinerary is Stock Gen. When the turtle when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were just regular baby turtles. This yeah, this, this is, is this this is the cover you're talking about? That's just gross to be gross. Yeah, I don't like this cover. It's the Krang, man. It's always the Krang. Honestly, it's the damn wingnut and the mosquito guy that freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, I love that they. Well, we'll talk about it in the issue. But uh, what what stood out to you in this issue? Uh, well, this is one of the breaking uh wall breaking issues, which I really like, and I like that Donatello he explains it, but he's also like, hey, you know, you don't have to read this. I don't care. It's your shit. You do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought when also, he said you could read it backwards if you wanted to, I thought that he was saying that this book could be read backwards. Oh. I tried. You can't. That would be interesting. One of the one of the concepts I think is really neat is that the the parallel the way that they illustrate like parallel universes, like, oh, Zavantis is right here, but he's not right here. And they show like a kind of a silhouette of them basically crossing paths but not really yeah yeah Um, i love this illustration i got the turtles look great they continue to look great even though they look different mm -hmm. in almost every panel yeah it is fucking dr do a little over here my cat's like playing with her tail (laughs) um i I love that Another thing that's pretty funny that stands out is that the Bebop and Rocksteady are like constantly getting in fights with one another, like through timelines, yeah. and then they defend each other through timelines. Like, don't make fun of him. Like, <laughs> he's cool. Look at him. He's like a warthog now. And it's like, well, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Yeah, there's a story, this ongoing fight. I guess it happened around the same time where uh, Bebop gets kicked out of the gang. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the Foot Clan. I don't know. They never really specify what gang it is. But Rocksteady stays because he has military experience, but he should have left with him. And it's like that becomes this ongoing thing where they're having this four-person argument. Right. The uh, And we get, like, weird passerby things. You know, we see April O'Neil. We see Young Turtles. We see uh, Fugitoid. Um, yeah. I did not like the way the, turtles looked, the way the Turtles looked in this panel. They for some reason wanted to overly design their their chess pieces. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. Yeah, I'm saying. Um yeah, we see Splinter for a split second. I did not like that. <laughs> it made me sad. <laughs> I had a feeling that you were and I was like, ugh. I, the Fugitoid Toy thing was just random. They I always throw Fugitoid Toy in there. I think it was one of their early creations before the Turtles, I think Fugitoid was. Uh-huh. And I think that's why he's always in their stuff, which I, I really appreciate that. Because I feel yeah, like that's something that, that I would do. Yeah, we see a lot of different, a lot of callbacks to different mutants and stuff that we've seen. Um, like rock monsters. This this episode definitely kind of jumps off the rails for sure. Yeah, yeah it really takes the, takes the entire series to the next level. Uh, one thing that I really liked in this issue was that the Turtles are so used to fighting the impervious Bebop and Rocksteady 
that they just launch these ninja stars at these regular bodied Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, what the hell, man? They instantly start bleeding. I thought that was great. Yeah, not only, but I mean, we see it on the other side too, where uh, Bebop has a chainsaw and he's like going down, <laughs> just trying to chop up Raphael. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's nuts. Yeah, we get Slash. Slash is always, I always love seeing that character. Not coherent or anything like that, but we see him. And then we also get a new version of the the Bebop and Rocksteady gang. Mm-hmm. I do. I do appreciate all the callbacks. You know, we get, is this, we get Wingnut in this one? Yeah. Yeah. Wingnut and the Mosquito oh, Dude. about the Mighty Mutant, whatever. Yeah, the Mutanimals. Mighty uh-huh. Mutanimals. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. April gets mutated. We get a lot of random stuff. We do get the death of Master Splinter. Yeah, it's so fucked up. It could have. Oh. They could have left it at that. They could have left it at the line like, "Oh, he's a rat. He probably got out. He ran away and was unaffected, completely unaffected. Yeah, never turned into Splinter. I would have much preferred that. <laughs> yeah, I love that the the solution for this mayhem. Is Bebop and Rocksteady just opening portals and throwing people into them? Mm-hmm. So it's like April's mutated. She started to transform. They just open a portal and they just freaking kick her, her fugitoid in there. They just like start dumping all these bodies throughout time, which again is leveling up the chaos that they're creating throughout time. Yeah. Yeah, it's extra crazy. Um, but it's fun. You know, there's just so much going on. Yeah, there's so much going on. And it's still the gang. I like that it's not just mutant Bebop and Rocksteady. I love I love that it's all four of them. Human forms mm-hmm. and then them. So, issue number three. You more interested, as interested, or less interested in the story so far? I'm still in, man. I'm I would yeah. say I would say with every issue uh so far my interest has grown because it's like what's gonna happen next, you know? Yeah. You, Same. You're not, in the end, you know that it's going to get solved, of course, mm-hmm. because this is still main continuity. Yeah. And what's weird is that it we didn't. It starts out the main mystery is that they're going to this museum and the skeleton, this dinosaur exhibit, and these two major creatures there are the bones of Bebop and Rocksteady, and then it sort of trickles into this crazy adventure. Yeah, yeah, they're just trying to figure it out what it what's going on. Yeah, um, and. I agree. My I am more interested. Last issue, my interest was dropping because I just I I wasn't at that point while reading it. I wasn't down and didn't realize the intent on switching the artist, and I just I didn't know where this wacky story was going to go. But now that they went full tilt craziness, I'm like, yeah, I got to see what happens next. Yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything. Issue four. After a fight, Bebop and Rocksteady split up and travel separately to different time periods. The Dark Ages, World War One, the future, no time period is safe. Yeah, this one this one was wild, man. This was almost this was when this issue was almost too hard to keep track of. Certainly, yes, I, I completely agree. <laughs> they yeah, they separate, they go to different times. The art is almost every two pages is different. Like every other two pages is different art style, so mm-hmm. it was it was definitely jarring. Yeah, especially like the future one that I was so confused on that because 
the character looks older than he is. So he looks more like the cartoon, I think. Yeah. But he looks older. So I was like, what is this? Um, I love all those Krang people, man. Utrams or whatever they're called. They look so gross. Um, yeah, man, there's a, there's a cool part. (laughs) I love that pre-mutation and post-mutation Rocksteady matched the pose as they were jumping. That was, to me, that was really cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, it's simple things, but it's just kind of fun because they think so similarly. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, Um, they would definitely jump out the same way because they're the same person. Yeah. But the the war stuff, you know, the World War II stuff was extra weird. But it's kind of funny because they just like traded out like one character just trade spots with another so he can keep chasing. He's like, oh, you hold this. I got to go. Yeah. Um, like, I was really confused with the weird wreck in the future. How that I, thought it was gr- I thought it was great. I love that future stuff because, you know, we see the Technodrome in the old 87 cartoon. But in mm-hmm. this, we see we see this Utram world where there's just all technodromes. They all have these body robot bodies, and I just I love seeing mm-hmm. it. And yeah. then that that car chase where he's like, "All right, you know what? Let's just get out of here." And they have they're dumb. They have no idea how to really use these time spheres. <laughs> and so he opens up this time portal, but they, it's like a second after. Yeah, well, a second before. So before, yeah, yeah, he opens a portal. The front end of the car goes in, but smashes into the back of their car. So it just <laughs> creates like a a weird wormhole between the two. Yeah, and so and meanwhile, both of the characters are having like a, a therapy moment where they're realizing that they were shitty friends to each other. And I love that in both of those instances, the human form of them dies. Yeah. You would think it would have like lasting repercussions. If they died, then how are they still there? But it's gotten so wacky that it doesn't even matter anymore. Like you said, Rocksteady is jumping in there and taking the spot of the Rocksteady that was fighting in that war. And the, after that crash, he lands and Bebop's like, yeah, man, you know what? I need to go talk to him or whatever. And he's like, oh, you're dead. And his body's just all mangled. <laughs> the right. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, dude. my God. Um, and there we got. I there was a new art style in this one. I feel like, yeah, with, me, the, with the long nose warthog. Yeah, I like that version too. It was pretty cool. I did too, and I love the way that Slash looked in that because he looked crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, it gets really nuts. There's little funny things like little language changes. So they talk about. There's one where they're in the Kennedy Space Center, and he says, "Human." Uh, I mean, he says. Uh, Houston, we have a predicament. Like, it's just kind of funny. Like, you know, it's a different universe because of that tiny, tiny little change. Yeah, I just loved how dumb they are in general. I've always loved that about them. I said at the beginning of this review, and when Bebop's talking to Slash, he's like, hey, Mike Angelo. (laughs) (laughs) And then when he's leaving, he's like, see you around, Angelo. (laughs) It's like the dumbest thing. But I thought it was genius. Uh, we see like a little village with them, um, with Bebop and Rocksteady's. Like they all landed there and got abandoned or something. Yeah, so they try to chase him down to get the scepter. I get yeah. what you're talking about with the black exploita- black exploitation. It looks sort of like Sanford Green's art style. You know, the guy that did uh, Bitter Root. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like his art style. Really, really dig that. This might be my favorite version of Bebop out of this entire series. Yeah. Looks the really last good. panel's really weird. I don't know who did that last page. It doesn't look like anything. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it, it does look like a completely different art style. Uh, looks like like someone tried to do generic comic book art, uh, style, art and then also recreate all of the art styles that we've seen so far. Yeah. Which I appreciate uh, that because then it, it lets me know like, oh, this is all intentional that there were different art styles. Yeah, but th- th- in this we get a really good uh, kind of illustration about how these time tubes work and how they're creating. Basically like the end of Loki when like all these alternate timelines open and it gets real crazy. Yeah. They're making like this weird yarn ball. Yeah, and I love how Renette and the time people explain it. Again, it doesn't make any sense. And I love that their language is like broken up. And it's more in the in the last issue, but it's how it's like a broken up language from like popular times. They just say the yeah. most random things. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like pop culture terms from every era. Yeah, like mixed Valley Girl, right. but like millennials too. <laughs> And so, and then they mix in like future pop culture stuff that you know that doesn't exist, but just sounds like something that could exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this art style honestly might be my least favorite. The last panels, and I think it yeah. made more of a coloring thing than anything. I agree. I think it's the coloring. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That sucks. It didn't suck. Yeah. It's just the rest yeah. of it has Ooh. been really good. <laughs> the rest of it's been really good. All right, so again. As interested, you're keeping a, the steady incline still? This is, a, yeah, I've got an incline. I'm curious at this point, thinking back to when I was reading an hour ago. <laughs> um, right. uh, yeah, I, I'm curious how they're going to close this out. Because Same. we're at like a critical level, right? Yeah. There's there's a shit ton of uh, Bebop and Rocksteady clones, essentially. Through, yeah, throughout the, all of time. Just totally messing up everything. You know, you think you can't, you know, a lot of time travel stories say you go back in time, you can't do anything. Any little shift will cause a ripple effect. But these, they've done like massive, massive changes in time. It is kind of funny. And once we get into the next issue, we can talk about it. But there, there's kind of a funny line. I was like, oh, yeah, if you really think about it, it sucks for that universe. But, you know, there's like <laughs> yeah. an infinite number. So. Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything. Issue number five. Time has been irreparably damaged, and the fabric. Fa- I messed that word yeah. up. That yeah, fabric. I, I was so focused on saying irreparably right that <laughs> everything else was just going to be wrong. The fabric of reality is torn apart. Only a trip to visit the Time Lords of the seventy ninth dimension holds any hope. But is it? But is time traveler Renette still alive? Or are the turtles? Is anyone? Uh, yeah, it gets wacky. It, it, it's crazy that you, we can say that it continues to get wacky. Yeah, yeah, it's still going. Um, and so one, what I was talking about is that they basically decide there's this like decision about how they're going to solve this problem, and they kind of funnel. Uh, all all the bebops and rocksteadies to one thing. Um, that happens a little later, but you know it's just kind of funny. She says something along the lines like, "We only lost like fifty million universes with that solution," <laughs> yeah. 
and she's like, so not so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's, a, so there's, a current time, there's a current time lord uh, that is just like, yeah, fuck it. And Renette's going against her with sort of their yeah. solution. Yeah, yeah. I, I still don't really, this is my least favorite art style um, out of all of them because it's just, it really dived deep into the wacky in this book. And this just seems like a little too safe. And again, the co- it's more of the colors than anything. Yeah, this uh, little dinosaur stegosaurus they have, it looks like it has a lemon for a head. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that art style, and that really throws me off because it's supposed to be like the ridge thing on the back of its head. Yeah. Um, I guess. It looks like Tweety Bird on a dinosaur's body. It's really strange. Um, there's some fighting. So they they basically have shut down some stuff and they have 10 seconds or 12 seconds to save the universe, to save the multiverse. And... Uh, they're fighting in a time tube and I, and I love like, you know, they do this fighting. They, the turtles get the scepter back. Cause of course they do. That's not even a spoiler. You knew that this was going to end the way it ends, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. Like, you, you know, Rocksteady once they land and they're in this other time, you know, you know, this other time he's got like a katana sticking out of his shoulder. <laughs> It's like, they're freaking tough, man. They're so tough. They're basically impervious. He has ninja stars in his his neck. Yeah. And see, that's what's funny. It's like, this version, this art style, is my favorite Bebop. Yeah. But I do not like this Rocksteady. I think it's goofy looking. This is closer to the IDW uh, look. He does look, he looks like a, you know, like a PBS cartoon version of him. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Savanti's back in there, so who cares? Yeah, who is this guy? Yeah. The rest of this issue just wraps up like exact I would say exactly how you think it would, but it just wraps it everything up. Very what's the what's the term? Puts a bow on it. Yeah. It just completely maps it out. They're going to they're going to take uh, a version of Bebop and Rocksteady that is already dead because there's only one version of them left, right? It's yeah. the one that have, has been living in the prehistoric times that we saw in issue two with Savanti. They're going to take a dead version that Renette kept two prehistoric times, leave them there to become the skeletons at the museum, take the prehistoric Bebop and Rocksteady, drop them at their apartment because who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're dumb. And yep. then that's it. The time thing is solved. And Renette's not future boss. Renette is not dead. Uh, she just mummified herself because she was hurt. That that part didn't make sense to me. Like why they were they were like, we have to clean up the timeline. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And like, I did not understand taking the the dead ones and putting them in the place and then putting these here. I, I think I it's because because. This happens after issue 50 in TMNT and it's connected to the IDW universe and Bebop and Rocksteady are still alive in that. Okay. So they were just like, yeah. And so for them to still be alive, it would be like, well, how are they alive if they're dead? And we don't want to make another book about how they got back in time. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, man. Uh, That's the only, only thing I can think of. There were some neat 
I mean, like you said, this is just putting a bow on everything. So there's not a lot of new exciting things, but there is some cool wrap up stuff about some characters that we saw along the way. Um, like the April thing was weird, but pretty cool, it I was, guess. It was cool. It was cool. I'd like to uh, see that as a story. Yeah, same. I think that would be interesting with the uh, Fugitoid in tow. And then, yeah. you know, they're kind of making fun of the Spider-Verse thing with the Bebop and Rock, the B and Rock verse, I guess. The Bop Steady verse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. It was funny. I, maybe they can. There is a sequel book to this called Bebop and Rocksteady Hit the Road or something like that. So I don't know if that will tie to this. Yeah. But I, there's one thing that I liked about the Savanti thing. Again, he's been sort of this background character. And Renette just makes this offhanded thing. They figured it out. Everybody, we're going to go get pizza. That's what the turtles always do whenever they save the day. But she asked the question, like, how did they meet Savanti or something weird like that? Like, how did yeah. they get the time scepter from Savanti? And the whole time, Bebop and Rocksteady have been looking for Savanti to work for him because they want to be henchmen. But we see in this, Savanti, it's like a weird time loop because they were his henchmen, right? And prehistoric times. But he goes to the modern day and is like, hey, I've returned. Join me again. And these versions of Bebop and Rocksteady never worked for him. Yeah, they don't know so who like, this dude is. So they already work for a gang. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? And then they just beat the crap out. <laughs> yeah, I, and that is something I really love. Like that backhand him. He acts like he's about to do something. And then they just curb stomp the shit out of him. Yeah, I love it, man. And then that's how they sort of get the time scepter and it creates the, the loop of the story. And then Savanti the whole time had this teleportation device that he got from the Utrams. So why didn't he just use that the whole time? Why did he need be on the Rocksteady, man? I don't know. I don't know. They look cool, though. They got their they got their car. They're weird looking. Cool. The car is actually pretty cool. I love that car. It is yeah. weird, though, because... That's not even the version that we end with. The version that we end with are like the ancient, like the henchmen that he had. So the henchmen, yeah. And so, and then they even make a reference, like, "I wonder if Savanti's going to come back for us." Right. So it's like the two that beat him up went on the adventure and ceased to exist, and the ones that continue in that universe are the ones that actually worked for him. Mm -hmm. And then Savanti uh, has his own story that he's going to live out. April has becomes a, a great looking character. Yeah, pretty cool. Feel bad for him. She's um, in the sixties. That could be a cool book. Mutant April in the sixties. Yeah, but you know she's like eating garbage and shit though, man. She can't <laughs> go out like that. Gay people weren't even allowed in the sixties. What are you gonna do with a dragonfly lady? Well, that's why she got fugitoid. He can bring her pizzas. Yeah, and uh, it just ends the end. Yeah, I think it's funny they they managed to get that little mean dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pepperoni or whatever? No, pepperoni is a nice dinosaur. This one's, they were calling him anchovy or something. Hmm. Dumb. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there's an end credit scene where it says, just in case. I don't even know what that was. I didn't even read it. It's like, the, it's been Bebop and Rocksteady get mutated. And it says, they scream rock and roll. And the, the caption is, just in case, to be continued. Hmm. I don't know. It was random. Maybe they're making another one? 
Well, they did have a, again. They have a second one called Bebop and Rocksteady Hit the Road. I I haven't read it, but I did see it has a continued story. Hmm. I guess so. All right, man. Yeah. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything Volume One. Let's talk about it, man. What'd you What'd you think overall? What'd uh, you think? I I always want to know what you think when I first offer it up. Like when you see that first cover. Well, yeah. When I saw like the cover, I was like, "Oh yeah, that this this looks cool. Like, uh, it looks like an interesting take because the turtles. You can only tell so many turtle stories, um, before you rehash. Exactly. And I, exactly. And, and I I, I know you and I are I know you and I are both huge turtle fans. So I thought that this would be a good. So I didn't know what to read this week, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. We both like turtles. It's not a turtle story. Why not? That's a, it. Could be fun." It looked fun. Yeah. Uh, definitely. It, that's that's what got me, is that it wasn't necessarily centered on them. Thought it'd be cool to get a fresh take. So, I was excited about it. Yeah, same. Um, what'd you think overall, though? What, what were your final thoughts? like? It's kind of weird, because I like the story, but it's pretty inconsequential, right? It doesn't really do anything it's like a time with any time loop you're like well okay <laughs> cool that was i guess that was cool yeah but yeah it doesn't cool. matter which i think is sometimes it's good to have a story that doesn't matter you know it's connected yeah, to the main universe but you and i didn't need to read all a hundred and whatever 50 issues of idw's tmnt so it was good in that of tmnt it was good in that aspect. Lots of great callbacks. I'm a sucker for, you know, callbacks. Wingnut seeing uh slash the rock the rock guys. <laughs> Those I didn't even it didn't even register that there used to be the rock soldier characters back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Those yeah. are the same ones. I guess so. Yeah, it seemed I mean, like I they were the Dimension X. Dimension X. Um soldiers or whatever. We didn't see any but, neutrinos, though. That was kind of a bummer. Hey, we know the guy that played Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need to have him, him on. We need to have him on as Zap. Like, not as the guy. Not to interview him as, the as you know, hey, how was acting as it? No, just like, you have to play the character. My cat is just attacking me. Um, yeah, like the whole speech. You're like, <laughs> you're just Zap. You know, it's funny. Another weird story is um, I was hanging out with that girl in high school. She was over at my house. And. Get out! Stupid bitch. She wants me to open the door. Open the door. Touch her butt. And she freaks out and runs away. Anyway, we were. uh, We were like hanging out in my room or whatever. And. My parents were watching Discovery Channel, and she was like, that's my dad. <laughs> they go in there, and he was, like, narrating whatever fucking documentary it was. It was weird. That is so weird, man. We got to get him on the show. Yeah, talk about ruining the mood, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Discovery Channel strikes again. <laughs> yeah, gets us every time. Let's talk about art style, man. I One of my biggest complaints in, in numerous of our reviews are inconsistency. I don't think that we can call this inconsistency. I think every art, every artist was very consistent with their style. 
and the differentiating styles was all intentional. So uh, inconsistency, throw throw that out of the wind. I, I really appreciated pretty much all of them except the coloring on that last one. Yeah, I I think that it was it was the strength of the book is seeing these different versions as they went along. There's certainly mm-hmm. some styles that I weren't that wasn't a fan of. Um, yeah, but I think that it's definitely like the opposite. I'm with you. Like if we see like a book where it's supposed to be the same thing, consistent all the way through, and then we see like a one book that has a different artist or whatever, like oh. uh. Jarring, yeah. Man. I hate Go it. ahead and get on out of here with that shit. Yeah, I hate it. But but and it's this, like I, not acknowledged. It's like not intentional. They try to like act like it didn't happen. <laughs> like, yeah, I just like, they won't notice. It's like replacing an actor. Yeah. Um But I think next time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Don't do it, Tony. Uh, I think that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that it definitely played to the strengths of this book. Like that was, that's what it was for. That's why they did it. Um, but overall, I really liked it. There were, like I said, there's some styles I didn't dig, um, yeah. but overall, I think it was pretty cool. In my opinion, if you want some, if you want a palate cleanser, if you're reading too many books and you, you're a fan of Ninja Turtles and you just want something that doesn't really matter. You know, sometimes it, it was a fast read. It wasn't like it was, you know, a, a drag or anything. You're looking for a quick, fun read that really you got to get in real quick as in like, I'm not going to try to figure out time travel in this universe. Because a lot of times, a lot of times with these movies, we try to like figure it out, like Back to the Future and things like that. Yeah. You just need to come to terms with there. It's intentional that they don't want you to try to figure this out. Yeah, I will say that they spend a, a little bit of time like they they confuse it. They spend, especially in the mm-hmm. first issue and a little bit in the second they spend a lot of time explaining it. Like there's a lot yeah. of dialogue. And um, I just, I, one of my favorite things in this entire volume is that in the first issue, Donnie is talking to the audience and he's like, listen, I'm here to help you as the reader understand what's going on. And then he just, again, breaks down these high concepts about time yeah. travel. And it's totally not understandable to like a normal person. Right. Um, but yeah, just to, <clears throat> I don't know if you want to put in the time just to have fun with it, you know, but you don't, you can just read it because it doesn't, it's like they tell you the rules and then they throw out all the rules. Yeah. It's basically like, Hey man, we know how to fix it. So (laughs) don't worry about it too much. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Um, But you're right. You know, it really, in the end, it's funny because you get to have fun with this. This is a drop in, drop out book because it doesn't matter. It's, it, and it's two I, characters in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe that don't really matter. Like Bebop and Rocksteady are henchmen. They only uh-huh. want to be henchmen. They don't want anything else. Like it's it's the perfect palate cleanser book. That I, I know that may not make sense, but. Yeah. I, I Well, I think this is the best way to do an Elseworlds, Elseworlds story, so to speak. Keep it main continuity without screwing everything up. You know, this isn't like Cap, Hydra, that thing. Because that's main continuity. To me, I think that's just crazy that that's main yeah. continuity. Like yeah, we that should read that one thing. time. We should read that one time because I actually liked Hydra. I Cap. liked it. I didn't have yeah. a problem with it. But I'm saying it to me, like, it's like the end of the world times. Like, Tony's an AI. We got Odin's yeah. son. Like, you know, it's just crazy. But 
completely like shifts the main continuity. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Lots of uh, effects. Like it has a lot of effects. But this has no stakes. Like <laughs> yeah. none. I'm all about that. Yeah, I agree. More story. They should do more. Like I feel like all tie-ins should be like that. Like I shouldn't have to read this. You, you know, that's a, and maybe that doesn't make sense, but like, it shouldn't be like we get to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 50 and then in 55, they're like, well, you have no idea what's going on because you didn't read Rocksteady, Bebop and Rocksteady to destroy everything. It's not like that. Like it really has right. no, and, it, and they even reference a few times that the turtles, themse- Renette remembers everything up until her time. And she's like having conversations with the turtles like, oh, we did this. What about the battle nexus? And she was like, the time that you guys were in it. And she's having like this time travel conversation and they don't really know. They're like, we've only met you twice. And she has this like deep relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So <laughs> that's a pretty fun. Yeah, I agree. And so you know. it plays the same thing. Like they they're going to continue to go on with their lives because they don't know. <laughs> Right. I, I do like that part. It's like she's like, Well, maybe it's not this version of you. Maybe it was a different version of you that I spoke to. Um and yeah, they're like, uh, What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And it's kinda neat because I was intro to the character. I don't remember the character. So she starts talking, I'm like, Yeah, sure, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I know about Savanti Romero and Renette is because at the end, whenever Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2013 show, had a full circle series. Like, they completely, they capped off, they told the story they wanted to tell. But it was so popular that Nickelodeon ordered another season. And then that last season was, like, Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it was, like, offhanded four-episode mini-series. Mm-hmm. And this one, they they go, they meet Renette, and they go back in time, and like Raph gets turned into a vampire and he works for Romero. It's like this whole thing. And the only, that's the only reason I know about these characters is because of that storyline. Interesting. I can't recommend that show enough. I mean, I, I love that show so much. It's good. It's good. I, there, I think the first couple of seasons are kind of weird to get through though, because they're always, it's almost like it was developed. It was a video game developed with one single level. Like they're like yeah. here on a building and then they're in the sewer and then they're here on the same yeah. building. You know what I mean? The only like, thing when I think about that show specifically, I think like for Nickelodeon, they made the first and maybe a half of the second season as like, let's sink our teeth into these kids. Let's get the kids to love this show. Right. And so now they're going to, they're going to order more seasons and then they're like, okay, well now they're in the kids are going to watch it no matter what. So let's tell the story. And then they start telling like the deeper concepts, you know, the with Shredder and the backstory, they tell the story of Shredder and, and Splinter in Japan, which I loved that story. And they get into these really, really deeper story plot points. And I feel like that's what it is. I agree. That first season is sort of corny and it's sort of like monster of the week. Yeah. Episodes. Yeah. There's a lot of monster of the week. Definitely. Yeah. But you know, it is probably one of the best next to the original, which still holds up. If you don't have it, Look it up it's, online. Uh, it's weird. The original one is so like, and we're going to go on a little tangent to end this episode. I know we're circling and drained. But when I usually go back and watch shows like that, I end up despising them. Like X-Men, the yeah. animated series, I can't stand it. But when I went back and rewatched Ninja Turtles, I was it felt like I was a kid again. And I loved 
the zany stories and like the whole world. I love the uh, background it, music a lot. Yeah. It's so weird, man. I love the crazy plots that they have in that story. And uh, it makes more sense than like X-Men, the animated series. Like there's no nostalgia. I guess maybe it is nostalgia for me because it was such a huge impact on my, my nerdy self. I, I love it. I think it still holds up. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I mean, but I'm also biased. There's not a Ninja Turtle series that I don't like. A lot of people are, there's like split between the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right now online. You have those uh, Ninja Turtle purists that are like, if it's not the 1987 movie, it's not the real Toidles. It's like, yeah, uh, if, it's, <laughs> if it's not the 1987, it's not yeah. the Toidles. I like I mean, that. When I watched the, when I watched Rising Ninja Turtles, I was the same way. I was like, ah, this is kind of weird, but I can appreciate, especially when I read things like this and how there's different worlds and things like that. Like it's okay to have a fresh take on it, um, and so I, I ended up appreciating, especially because, I, again, that series had the get in with the kids in the first season and then really expand on the story in the second season. And the movie just came out, and I watched it, and it was so good. Yeah, it looks good. It, it looks was so good. good. So that was a, that's a long way around to say that I'm addicted to this really weird concept of a story yeah. for, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it's so, it is really weird when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Everything is, right? I want y'all, yeah. everyone listening, think about how weird it is that we, I got an argument about this once. Think about how fucking weird it is that we drink the milk of another animal. Like it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything's weird. Everything's a little weird. What's going on, sure? Everything's <laughs> weird. Wednesday polo list. Yeah, just repeat a word for like an hour and see if you <laughs> even can speak the English language afterwards. Yeah. It's like that, was it in Tommy Boy or Black Sheep where they're, they're saying like, Rowad. Do you remember that? <laughs> Rowad. No, I don't remember that, but yeah. <laughs> All right, this is a long way around to say, <laughs> hey, Simon, what are you grading this thing? <laughs> yeah, really, we didn't even grade it. Um, man, honestly, it's so hard. Uh, I don't know how to. I don't know how to grade this. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead with yours. It's so nebulous. So we, I think last week we read Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow. And we gave it a perfect score of E five. Mm. I'm going to give this one an F five because. It's still, it's right there. I don't really have any complaints about it, but no. it's so weird. Yeah. It's hard to say that it's a perfect story because I don't think it's perfect, but I also, I think it, it's perfect for what it was trying to do. You know what? I, I, I would say also an F5, and I'd say that for the reason that, yeah, that's a good toast. It's a little, but this piece of toast is spotty, yeah. oblong. <laughs> yeah, it got crunched down. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah, somebody put the milk too close in the bag or something. They set something on the bread when they bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sat on it. <laughs> I sat on my bread all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it was a fun, it's a fun story. Everybody it should, uh, everybody should read it. Go buy. If you it love, if you love Ninja Turtles, man, definitely check it out. It's, yeah. it's a fun read. We're circling the drain. We have been circling the drain for the past 15 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a long... Thanks. It's like somebody needs to fix the little plunger uh, lever on the toilet. <laughs> right. 
You can find us uh, collectively at WednesdayPoll.com and WednesdayPoll everywhere on social media. Simon, where can the people find your beautifully artistic ass on the internet? It's not oh, like an OnlyFans plug. It's no, like, I was like, on the internet? Well, you can find me once stuff falls. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm on Instagram <laughs> at Sime, S-I-M-E underscore on underscore toast. Um, SimonToyPortraits.com. That's pretty much it. I got a lot of features this week, man. I'm pretty proud of myself. Last I'm proud of you, days. too. Couple, some good stuff, man. I got a good Usagi Yojimbo picture. Did you post it? I did. I posted it today. Oh, I missed it. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.